welcome back to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. I want to say a quick thank you to those of you who have left ratings and reviews over the last few weeks. It lets me know you appreciate the content. And even more importantly, ratings and reviews help raise our profile in the search engines, and that makes it easier for other moms and dads to find the podcast. So I really appreciate it when you take the time to do that. If you missed the last couple of episodes, you'll definitely want to go back and listen to a two-part conversation with Nan Deal, who shared how God led her out of the darkness after the death of her son, Connor. And you'll also want to tune in next Wednesday to hear my discussion with Michelle Moore about moving forward in our grief. Not moving on, mind you, but moving forward. There's a difference. But today, I want to share a few thoughts about a topic that I think most bereaved parents can relate to. The tyranny of dates. I think every bereaved parent has a set of dates or even whole months that they struggle facing, to the point that it gives them a sick feeling in the pit of their stomach as they turn the page of the calendar. For our family, that month is February. Yes, I know it's just another month on the calendar, and as months go, February is generally pretty inoffensive. In fact, since it's such a short month, it even goes by quickly. Most people don't seem to mind February too much. But every year as I flip my calendar page, I determine that I am not going to let February get to me this year. I mean, after all, a lot of time has gone by, and it really is just another month on the calendar. You see, February is filled with dates I'd much rather forget than remember. It's so hard to believe that it's been 14 years now since Valentine's Day of 2008, the day our 16-year-old daughter Hannah began to show the first symptoms that something was very, very wrong. Then, just six days later, we first heard the words, Your daughter has a brain tumor. We checked into Arkansas Children's Hospital on the 21st of February, and Hannah underwent extensive brain surgery on February 25th. On the 26th, we heard the words, We got it all and we thought that was going to be the happy ending of our journey. A few days later, we found out differently. Between February of 2008 and February of 2009, Hannah bravely and patiently endured extensive radiation and chemotherapy treatments, but to no avail. By Valentine's Day of 2009, Hannah's mind had become very simple. Her short-term memory was so damaged. She thanked her daddy every few minutes for the roses he sent her that day. In the wee hours of the morning of February 16th, we discovered her hemorrhaging in her bedroom and rushed her to Arkansas Children's Hospital. She was quickly stabilized, but an MRI done that day revealed that her cancer had spread extensively. We moved from Children's Hospital to a hospice center on February 18th, an emotionally excruciating experience in and of itself. And on February 26th, Hannah left her earthly body behind and stepped directly into the waiting arms of Jesus, and we left the hospice center and went home without her. Each day in February, I find myself thinking back, thinking about what we were thinking, feeling, and experiencing each day. Those carefree, blissful days before Valentine's Day of 2008, the terrifying yet hope-filled days surrounding her surgery and recovery, and those heavy, heartbreaking days leading up to her death. I can't help but relive each one of those days again. I'm always glad when yet another February is behind me. But can I share some hope with you today? I remember how I felt about time in those very early days of grief. When I counted every day Hannah had been gone, 
and how I eventually started counting in bigger units of time. It's been a week, two weeks, it's been a month, three months, six months, nine months. I remember how for a while the 26th of every month was a weight on my shoulders. How I dreaded those anniversary dates to the point where it nearly made me physically ill. I found myself living under the tyranny of those dates. I wondered how I could possibly make it a whole year without her. Then that dreaded one-year anniversary came and went, and then it was 18 months, and then somehow it was two years, then five, then a decade. And now, unbelievably, it's been almost 13 years. Not long after Hannah died, we had our second While We're Waiting support group meeting here in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We started our meeting by going around the room and doing very brief introductions of ourselves and our child in heaven. For example, I said, we are Brad and Jill Sullivan, and our daughter Hannah went to heaven in February of 2009 at the age of 17 following a battle with brain cancer. We got about halfway around the room and heard from several parents whose children had gone to heaven relatively recently. Then we got to two moms who had lost their children many years ago. The first one introduced herself and told us her son's name, but then she went blank on what year he died. She knew what year he was born and how old he was when he died, but she said she'd have to do the math to remember the exact year. Then the next mom said that her son had died 40 years ago. Then she got a thoughtful look on her face and said, no, wait, it wasn't 40 years, it was 30 years ago. And for just a moment, I must admit that I thought to myself, how could anyone possibly forget how long ago their child died? And then it hit me. These moms hadn't really forgotten. They just knew that it didn't really matter how long it had been. They weren't living their lives under the tyranny of those dates anymore. After all, the amount of time we spend without our children here on earth pales in comparison to the amount of time we will spend with them in eternity. What a lesson that was for me early on my journey. And now I'm one of those moms who sometimes has to do the math to remember exactly how many years it's been since Hannah went to heaven. I hope it's a comfort to you to think that as time passes, and as you daily lean on the Lord for strength, the dread of those special dates will loosen their grip on you, too. Let me close with the words of Lamentation three nineteen through 24 The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Friends, because His mercies are new every morning, even on those really hard days, we can still dare to hope. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it brought you some comfort and encouragement today and maybe made you feel a little less alone on the journey. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and and maybe leave us a rating in iTunes to help others find the podcast. Again, we're glad you spent a few minutes with us today. It's a blessing to walk beside you as we seek to live well while we're waiting.